episode 241 of Startup Business Q&A. Welcome everyone and thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, awesome to have everyone uh, here on Instagram, on Facebook and on LinkedIn. We're going to talk about niche and positioning. Uh, it's a topic that we've done a few times, a few that I haven't done a few times given we've done uh, four and a half years of these live streams, but um, not a huge one today, not, not a particularly long one, but some really important announcements as well. So uh, make sure you stick around for it. There's a really, really big thing happening on Thursday that I will announce imminently. Uh, but I just want to say, if you're watching right now, do jump straight in the chat uh, in the comments below and put where you're watching from. Uh, and if you're part of hashtag team live, or if you're watching later, you're part of hashtag team replay, it'd be awesome to hear where you're from. Polina, good to see you here on Instagram. Amazing. Always to have your support. Thank you. Uh, Aldia, Aldi, Diaz Jr., I believe, uh, on Instagram as well. Uh, no praise as well. Uh, and that's a good name. And Life Changer Zinc. Good to see you here too. Thanks so much for joining in already. We are talking about positioning and niche. Uh, over on LinkedIn slash uh, Facebook, we've got people joining in as well. So hopefully you're all uh, enjoying the stream. And uh, yeah, so so what I'm going to do today, I'm going to have a couple of your questions specifically focused on uh, this topic area. But I will also be giving a few tips of my own for positioning a niche just to really get this right. Uh, they are not exhaustive at all because there are only three of them, but they're really things that I think you need to be bearing in mind. Um, and I will also be uh, talking in a minute about a very important thing happening on Thursday. Please stay tuned for that. That's really, really uh, going to be a big a bit of a big deal. So hello from Malaysia. This is Ada um, on LinkedIn. Awesome to have you here. Thank you so much. Uh, and anyone else who's coming in, do make sure you are um, letting us know where you're watching from. So the news, let me share right now. Uh, it's Monday and Thursday this week, Thursday the 11th, I will be rolling out the first in a series of interviews every second and fourth Thursday of the month at 9am Eastern. So the first one is the 11th. And if my maths is correct, the second one this month will be the 25th. Uh, Thursday one, Thursday one, the inaugural one, the first ever one, is with the amazing Sissy Johnson uh, of uh, Self Sells. So we are going to be focusing on culture in marketing. And so the, the, the name of this particular interview, and I will be running this particular interview this week uh, with Sissy, um, the interview itself uh, is going to be focused on this idea of the currency of, of culture. Um, I'm so pleased we're doing this. The aim here is exclusively to the Entrepreneur Business Group, and I will pop into the, um, uh, into the captions on Facebook and on LinkedIn how to get in there. But if you go to the Facebook, the Facebook group, Entrepreneur Business Group, every Thursday, or every, rather every second Thursday and fourth Thursday of the month, we'll have these interviews. So it's going to be really interesting because Sissy is a, um, a strategy consultant for culture in marketing. So she's worked with people like Sony, Nespresso, uh, Dior, L, 
uh, Dove, Airbnb, some amazing brands, specifically consulting with them about um, the message to uh, people in from a from an African background to make sure it's done sensitively. And it's been really interesting talking about a, set, a level of sensitivity in culture uh, in in uh, marketing and having a sense of what what that needs to look like. So. It will be at 9 a.m. on Eastern time on Thursday this week. You need to be in the Entrepreneur Business Group to do it, to, rather to watch it. So uh, you can join completely for free. You just go to Entrepreneur Business Group uh, on, um, on, on Facebook and you can jump in and watch it there. But it will be huge and every single um, interview is really going to be crafted with some epic people. You know, these are people who are at the absolute top of their game, best-selling authors, great business leaders, some amazing brands in the pipeline as well. I'm very excited about it, but all directed at, at you guys to bring some really exciting value as well. No praise, good to see you here from Jamaica. Rich Cardona, my man, watching from New York City. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, N underscore Glow Chaser uh, as well. Uh, Willie 138 Palima, yes, it is good to see you too. And um, so that's what you want to be doing on Thursday. Make sure you're tuning in and watching. There'll be more announcements throughout the week so you don't forget. But I am so pleased to be doing this. I really wanted to up the game of the Entrepreneur Business Group from an already exciting group of four and a half thousand members, but with some really strong value. That will be live only in the Entrepreneur Business Group. So you need to make sure you're in there already. Um, there's a load of people saying that they're going. So I'm really excited by that. Just make sure you jump in there and, uh, you know, um, and add yourself to the invite so you get a reminder. Let's quickly look at the um, three tips first. So firstly, if you have any questions on positioning or niche, pop them into the comments below, but I want you to think about um, uh, anything that, that you feel might be a really interesting question for you or maybe for other members of the audience and I'll do my best to answer them. But uh, before we start, I've got a couple of questions here as well from you through Facebook and through Instagram. And my three tips, three things to think about are, firstly, for positioning and specifically with niche is, I my, my biggest bit of advice is to try and be hyper-niched. So instead of focusing on being niched, be hyper-niched. So niche is when you tend to cut down the field a bit and focus on one particular thing. So you apply a filter, you know, and for me, a lot of people might say, well, you your niche is sales or your niche is startups or your niche is LinkedIn or your niche is X, Y, Z. But my idea with a hyper niche is to apply three filters. So three layers of niching. And what it allows you to do is speak with greater clarity to that much tighter set of people that you're trying to actually target. So the hyper niche I have is that I help consultants get clients, so with through a focus on conversion, on LinkedIn. I could just call myself a LinkedIn coach. I could call myself a sales coach. I could say I help consultants do business. But what I've done is added three. So I help consultants, that's one layer. I add on top the fact that I am um, helping them convert. So I help them specifically get clients. It's not branding or focus on content. It's helping them get clients and specifically focus on the conversion part. And on LinkedIn, yes, I'm applicable on, on other platforms. The stuff I teach is absolutely applicable elsewhere and start, in fact, on, on, on Facebook. But by applying that, it means that those that are watching are like, hang on, that's precisely me. So coaches or consultants who need to close deals through LinkedIn because, you know, they're doing content but not getting anywhere with it. 
But specifically on LinkedIn, it's really crucial that because what's happened is it's allowed me to send out messages and, and have uh, the specifically the right people go, well, that is me. So hyper niching is my number one thing. And I suggest you look at three layers of filtering to, uh, to apply a hyper niche, one of which should be the type of person you're targeting. So for instance, mine being consultants slash coaches. Second thing I'd suggest is your is to understand what your basic niche is. So because a lot of people are like, yeah, but where do I start? Like, I don't know what my niche would be. The best way to work it out is your basic niche is the problem you solve for people. The basic niche for me is conversion. I help people close stuff. So from eyeballs looking at your content, the things you need to do to get people to pivot and say, actually, Richard, I'd be quite interested in learning a bit more, please. And then what you need to do to close a deal, because that's my entire career for 18 years has been deal making and sales. So this specifically for this conversion, that's the problem or frustration that I help people with. So that's kind of where you get your basic niche from. But the third thing is to, a bit more broad speak, broadly speaking, and this is much more to do with positioning, if you like, you really need to have consideration for how you come across in every action. And I believe this is a habit you can get into. I, I really feel I have this uh, um, because I've practiced it a lot. Um, the habit is to constantly be asking yourself um, in all situations, with all actions, you know, you, no matter how small, what would my audience be thinking when I do this? Like, how is this, what is this doing to positioning in front of my audience. So you basically act as though your ideal audience is always watching you with everything you do. And in fact, you can take it a step further and apply it to when you're just working. You're not even posting or going live, for instance, you're just working. It's really fascinating. And when you apply that, you're like, if they're watching right now, would I be the hero that they're looking for that could solve their problems? Because sure, you might be able to provide the service, but like, are you the best in class model example of that person. So how would the hero they need react in this situation? What they what would they write in this comment? What would they write as a reply? Would this be what they say, say in terms of the the copy for their post, for instance? So having those approaches to um, perception of you is really important. Always thinking, if my ideal audience was watching right now, how should I react in this scenario? And applying all the time is really, really powerful, I've found. That's worked for me, so they're my tips. I'd love to hear what tips you've got for niche to understand it best and, and get results there. Uh, that's really important to get right. Uh, great to see people coming in here. James, good to see you from uh, County Down. Uh, Esty Visser watching you from, uh, jumping in from South Africa as well. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, also, who else have we got? Um, uh, we've got, Ooh, uh, so Dilip from India, I could see you here too. And uh, awesome to have people watching from all over the world as always. Nimai24, uh, dizzy.az786, <laughs> you can tell I'm reading off Instagram. Good to see you lot too. Um, if you have a question about niche or positioning, do ask. Those of you watching right now, if you just joined in on Thursday this week, will be the very first interview. It's what I call the guest sessions on the Entrepreneur Business Group. So if you go to the Entrepreneur Business Group over on Facebook, you'll be able to join completely for free. And in that group on Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern time will be the first of 
um, interview these interviews we're doing every other every other Thursday. So every second and fourth Thursday of the month, we're running them. This week's one on the 11th is with Sissy Johnson from Self Sales. We're looking at culture in marketing, understanding um, considerations uh, from her perspective about working with uh, brands that are targeting African cultures and how to do it sensitively. But it's applicable to all people looking at all, all different cultures and genders and um, sexualities or whatever it might be. And it's been a really fascinating discussion. These are super quick. Uh, this will be 45 minutes max, but it's really worth jumping in and watching. But it's only in the entrepreneur business groups. If you go to facebook.com slash groups slash entrepreneur business group, all one word, or just search entrepreneur business group, you'll see it there. When you join, you better watch uh, on Thursday live in that group. And I will, um, there's, a, there's an event up there so you can add yourself on to make sure you get a reminder and make sure you you jump in quick shout out also to restream these superstars that make it all possible thank you for partnering with me uh you know i just it's really a lovely vote of of, of confidence when you lot all join it's also a massive vote of confidence when someone like restream partners with you to support your live show so thank you so much for that I massively appreciate it. If you want to get a free account to record audio, video, to stream live to multiple platforms, we have a very easy platform to use. I'm using it right now. I would massively endorse it. And I've used many of others as the one I choose, as well as the one uh, I'm partnered with. Um, then you can get a free account with $10 credit to use on some of the bells and whistles. Uh, if you go to restream.io slash join, slash Richard Moy, just get, you were given $10 free credit straight away. So thank you so much, uh, Restream, for joining and helping me uh, continue this show. Uh, Daniel Nunes asked, when it comes to NPOs or NGOs, everyone likes a paper champion, right? Agreed. Few are willing to invest in, in operations. How would one position a non-profit project as a premier organization rather than just posting a, a bunch of gut-wrenching, dramatic images of trauma and suffering, how can we make it trendy to start supporting and collaborate to create the most impact? Really great question. And you've got the zeitgeist here. It's not that we're fed up with um, NGOs or, or, or in fact, if you look at charities as well as non-profit organizations, look at charities, for instance, it's difficult because because the the classic or the natural approach is to pull on the heartstrings. Look at this misfortune over here. Why aren't you helping do something about it? And it's an extreme viewpoint is it's emotional blackmail. But it's the truth is they're showing you the hardship, like a, a little sliver of the hardship those people are going through in order to make you stop and think, well, maybe I should try and do something about it or even donate a little bit. So that's kind of the the tried and tested approach. And what Daniel's saying here is like, how do we get around this? How do we make it a bit more trendy rather than working on, on emotion? And I, I like the question. Um, if I take an example for me, the Entrepreneur Business Live series of events that I ran um, 2018 through 2020, early, early 2020, we ran 26 events around the world from Australia to Canada uh, and everywhere in between, all major cities. And we, we had business networking events that were driving money into local charities. We raised thousands of dollars for local charities through these events. Now, the reason why I didn't, um, or, or, or the reason why I didn't need to use 
loads of, in your words, gut-wrenching, dramatic images of trauma and suffering to make people donate was I used a different angle instead. I brought in the kind of the celebrities that people would want to see. And by by virtue of the fact that, you know, by association that they were supporting the event, it helped drive a lot of great donations that way. So what I did, Daniel, is I basically ran these events uh, in a way that um, they were designed in a way where, where the first hour before an hour of networking, the first hour was um, three speakers against the topic. So for instance, we might have had positioning and, and niche like today, but we'd have three speakers and I would deliberately choose three people who are really well known and really strong at what they do. And I would have essentially a form of influencer marketing happening. So those three people would really draw a crowd. And we had some real heavyweights. Uh, if you look at even just like LinkedIn marketing, you know, we had the likes of Shay Robottom, Sinead Murray, Goldie Chan, loads of amazing people speaking uh, at these different events. And it drew a crowd and it made people to pay attention to the charity that I put front and center. The first person speaking at each event was the charity. And then we donated to them as well. So we didn't have this viscerality in terms of like pictures of really hard st stuff going on. What we didn't instead was got attention uh, focused on giving value to a set of people. And then we had, when we had the captive audience, then we, we said, you know what, you need to check out what we're doing. And it's very likely that something like that would work with you too, looking at like, well, who can I partner and collaborate with? Because you can collaborate your way up. And for those who are, strapped for cash and trying to get greater distribution of the fact that they're there so basically trying to improve um their visibility you you can you can't go far wrong when you're getting um people of influence um supporting you so it still as always relies on you your passion your evangelism to get behind people uh, so get get behind a mission and then um, have these people think, you know what, Dan's a great guy, I want to get behind him and his idea as well. Or at the very least, what I did was run an event, so run through something where it draws people together, and by being associated with such a charity or an NGO, it naturally, um, you know, it naturally wins through, through it as well. So that's my approach and I really think something like that can work. So, so think about it, like who are you collaborating with? Collaborate your way up. It's funny because this is the same for many things. People talk about going viral and getting well known and stuff like that. It's not about being found by the masses. That's not what you do. Sure, you need to have a great message and so on. What you do is you look for those very important people who control the masses through their influence and networks. So like if I want to go viral in a piece of content on Instagram, I don't need to try and find millions of people to find me. I ha If I had Kim Kardashian or Justin Bieber write and like and share my post, that's an extreme example to prove a point, that would naturally drive it to thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of eyeballs. So it's the same principle here. I just think you can approach it that way. That was what I would strongly suggest. Really good question there, uh, Daniel, good stuff. Um, hello, uh, Steve Wannerholz, good to see you watching here uh, over on LinkedIn. Uh, also, we have Jennifer Henderson live from New York as well. Thank you so much for 
watching. Uh, so Rodney Wise over on Facebook has said, shouldn't I have a ma macro niche before I start looking for micro ones? I would need a, need a main source of revenue first and then branch off into hyper niching, correct? Well, you can, um, I, I would say it's always best to start super small. So in my opinion, no. Um, it makes sense to have a general hub niche, but then niche from within that. So for me, I could say, uh, I don't know, sales or converting. Like that was my basic niche, in your words, your macro niche, okay? Um, but I zoomed in on hyper niche and that's made it so much easier to transmit the message and get, and for those starting, like that's how you get your first deals. So if you know your macro niche is selling, for instance, or, or your macro niche is, I don't know, marketing in general, although you can't start there, it's a terrible idea because you're far too broad, you're not speaking to a particular set of people, but if that's your start point, then fine, but like, what are the niches within that? I would hyper niche first. The biggest hang up people have is that if they go too, they think they can go too niche, and so they're cutting out such a huge amount of a potential audience that they will never find any deals. Almost always, that's not the case. Almost always. And the reason why is because there are so many millions of people you can still target, you're not killing the entire audience. Like, I remember having that feeling when I added, when I kind of applied the extra niche of only LinkedIn focus. I was, of course, I can help people elsewhere, but by focusing on LinkedIn, it was interesting that, that I had that feeling of, oh man, I'm gonna be cutting out so many people. Or by focusing specifically on consultants and coaches, I'm cutting out all these other Brett people. So there's so many that you can target, you'll never get around them all. And so as a result, it's allowed me to be really focused on one thing and do well. And then of course you can expand from there. There are many people who target very broad niche, macro niche if you like, but often it's best to start small in my opinion. Uh, so I wouldn't start macro and then go micro, I'd start micro. Beginning with what, if you're trying to work out what your hyper niche is, you start macro in the moment, you then, then work out what the micro is, but you don't necessarily go macro, go macro for a few months and see how it goes. My opinion is you should start tighter than that. Uh, uh, that's worked for me at the rate. It's a really good question, Rodney, thank you so much. Uh, looking at some questions, uh, some messages here on, uh, on Instagram, Amy at hands-on approaches, seriously only commit, commit three, 30 minutes a week to one live and every week you provide such value. Thank you, Richard. Through your tips, many children are being helped. Thank you. Uh, I know you're, you're helping uh, children in your space so much, uh, Amy, so I appreciate that. Um, being connected with influencers and bloggers to help our cause and simultaneously help their audience, it's been powerful. Amazing, that's really good to see. Uh, Dina, good to see you here on, on Instagram. Thanks for watching. If you're watching right now, do pop in the uh, comments if you're part of Team Live or part of Team Replay, and of course, uh, where you're watching from, I'd love to know. Talking about niche and positioning today, if you have any questions on that, let me know. It'll be a bit of a shorter one because I have massive meeting coming up I have to jump into soon. So um, the other thing I was gonna say, if you haven't heard, is on Thursday, this week, the 11th of March, <laughs> at 9 a.m. Eastern, is the first of the guest sessions. The guest sessions are interviews, um, which we're having every second and fourth Thursday of the month. This week's one is with Sissy Johnson. I will be interviewing her specifically live in the Entrepreneur Business Group over on Facebook. So you can join at any time there, completely free. Just search Entrepreneur Business Group and you'll see it. 
four and a half thousand people there you can be part of and we're going to be looking at the culture of oh, sorry the currency of culture and talking about awareness of culture in your marketing and for your brand how important that is you must watch it i'm absolutely i mean you can appreciate if i if i wanted to pick speakers for something like this it's easy to get people to, to speak there's a lot of people who love just speaking i want people who have been on the pitch who know what they're doing and, and sissy's no exception having worked with airbnb worked with um sony worked with the likes of l uh, nespresso some really amazing brands specifically advising on cultural awareness in their marketing uh within her space specifically with african cultures but i i, I think that we'll be able to apply the questions I'm asking uh, across the board. So make sure you watch 9 a.m. Eastern on Thursday this week. Go to the Facebook group, Entrepreneur Business Group. Join in there. I'll accept you all. If you pop into the pop in the questions, you know, you found out about us from the live stream, you can jump in and be ready for it then. It will be an amazing interview, but only in that group. It's not going to be broadcast anywhere else at all. Uh, so make sure you're watching that. And every second and fourth uh, thursday of the month we'll be doing these interviews we've got some crazy interviews lined up some amazing people best-selling authors crazy brands business leaders really important people so make sure you're watching them it's completely free it's not like a ticketed event or anything it's just something that i really want to share so make sure you're in there as well um so that's crucial one more question laura bernard has said has asked how do you know what to offer when you have a small niche um, I think your one thing to remember is it, this isn't going to be your product forever. It will be your product for now and possibly it will be your niche for now. It may be that you evolve and change in the future. So don't worry too much. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. And one mistake people make is they try and serve their niche with like everything, like this holistic service. And you get I see a lot of people when they're launching like their first courses, like a proper flagship course, uh, premium price. And they're saying, like, I want to do like you know, 20 modules across six months and I want to cover every single thing, like a branding course and I'm going to do everything about it. You know, solve one main big problem for that audience, for that particular like focused hyper niche of people you've got. Focus on solving one big problem of theirs, one major frustration they have. Deal with that and then you can do another, do another product, product in the future. You can, you know, whatever it might be, solve one small thing first. Amazon wasn't Amazon that we know today when it started. It was, it saw an opportunity and it focused on books, then movies and then CDs and whatever and so on. And, and you know, it, it's about starting, again, this is niche and kind of the same principle, you're starting small. My LinkedIn Client Accelerator specifically looks at conversion on LinkedIn for consultants and, can, and, and, and coaches. If I look at my other courses, there's the basics of sales. It's not how to sell in general. It's not all levels of selling. It's the basics. I also have the basics of LinkedIn. There's a basics course. I'm not trying to do everything because I can always have another product in the future. If you want to know what to, to offer when you have a small niche, is ask yourself not what are their pain points, but what is the number one biggest frustration they have. And if you don't know, if you can't work that out, then you should put a big question mark over why you feel that putting all of your focus on this one niche is a good idea because you should probably have a fair handle on that niche. If you don't know anything about the one space you're probably going to devote yourself to for the next 
couple of years if you're doing this properly then if you don't know what their big problem is what's made you decide to hit them in the first place is it shiny new thing is it well everyone else is doing it and if it is you're potentially headed for a fall so look at something your where you have an area of expertise instead that really does matter a really good point here from amy um, hands-on approaches on instagram always look at what their comments are ask them surveys are so amazing to, to determine so to determine the real prob problem quite right i mean facebook groups with its polls and absolutely with LinkedIn with his polls have been amazing forms of market research and I've done a lot of product development through polls and surveys as well so I really suggest that but just remember that don't be too broad or holistic solve one not one solve the one main frustration the number one thing for them try and solve that and it doesn't have to be everything so remember, look at me with my accelerator just focused on conversion I appreciate it's a fairly beefy subject but it is just conversion. It's not all the things about content. It's not, you know, there's plenty of people in my accelerator who are far superior to me that are producing content. Good for them. The focus is on conversion, like what to say, how to do it, what you write, why you write it, how to do the close, the call and the close, how to pivot from DMs into the call and so on. That kind of space is what I'm focusing on. There's so many other problems that consultants have. So I'm not, there's a lot, I always worry when people, when people are like, oh, I'm gonna start a business helping startups in general with everything. And it's like, really? You're gonna help them with the legal side, are you? And, and advise them financially and, and take them through product market fit, are you? And things like that. Like, think about it. Look at the biggest frustration and fix that thing first. It's a really good start point in my opinion, and then take it from there. It's a really good question. Thank you for that. Laura, uh, let's see if there's any more points here. I just wanted to finish up soon. So it's gonna be a shorter one this week i have a big meeting coming up soon but i want to say thank you so much for everyone for watching and i want to finish with a shout out this is really important so maybe all of you get ready in the comments uh a shout out for all the women out there to international women's day so hashtag you could put in hashtag iwd i just want to say well done and you're amazing to all of them and um you know, there's no chance I would be sitting here um, having the measure of success I, I've managed to have without the women who are on my team. Um, I was raised by a single mum. I have two sisters. I have an amazing wife I, who is a spectacular lawyer and cake maker as well, I must add, and um, two spectacular daughters. So I'm surrounded by these women in my family who supported me a tremendous amount over the years and um, I would absolutely not be where I am now without them to either drive me support me or motivate me um, or inspire me and so I just want to say well done to all of them and I think if any of you are watching now at the very least in the comments put a hashtag IWD but why don't you share who for you what, what women women if not all of them are are impressive for you and 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 have have changed changed the game for you if you like so it's, it's important to shout shout people out every day really should be international women's day in the same way as it is for anyone else it should be you know but at the same time you know there's nothing wrong with celebrating them here in the uk on um on the weekend we have mothering sunday so mother's day as people call it as well um and that will be an amazing event uh for my wife no doubt my daughters are thrilled with the idea the prospect of giving a 
lots of cake because they basically get to eat it themselves as well. Um, but just a big shout out there. I think it's really important to recognize that. And um, I hope uh, you all take a moment to think about those who those women who have helped you get to where you are, either directly or indirectly. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. I hope it's been an interesting one today. We will draw a line there and I will see you later in the week. Make sure you jump in to the Thursday guest sessions interview with me at 9 a.m. Eastern in the Facebook group and the Entrepreneur Business Group. Go search for it and I will see you there. Cheerio. I will see you off uh, next week on Instagram. And thanks for watching also Facebook and LinkedIn. See you soon.